Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Rate the Record podcast, episode 5. But it's not your daddy's episode 5. This is a massive, super-duper, colossal episode 5. So big that it's in two parts. (laughs) We'll get to that in just a moment. But first, we are your hosts for the Rate the Record podcast, Chris and... Savannah. Hey, there we go. We remember our names. Sounds good. (laughs) For once. If you are watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Your support means the world to us. We love it and you very much. And, you know, we're still trying to build that community here. We're still trying to get you in onto this conversation. And the best way we can do that is that you hit that subscribe button, become part of the community, and everything's going to be really fun from there, I promise. Oh, yeah. I I say on a bended knee, please. (laughs) (laughs) Please love us. Please, please. So if you have been here before, welcome back. We are very glad that you have come back, especially for these monstrous episodes. Uh, But if you have not been here before, uh, well, you picked a hell of a time to come in. Welcome. We hope you enjoy your stay. Uh, I don't mean to say that in a bad way. It's actually a very good thing that you are here for these big episodes. But if you don't know. schedule. Yeah, you're specifically like whenever you're watching this, there's two episodes out, so you're gonna just want to take a few hours. Yes. But yeah, if you haven't been here before, well, first off, yes, welcome. You you've come in at a great time. Uh, and if you don't know what the podcast is, so basically each week, Savannah and I we choose an album at random, be it our own picks, a special occasion anniversary album. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, as you can see in the title. <laughs> Or sometimes viewer's choice. There's a bunch of options on how we can choose an album, but we do. We discuss it in length. We rate, uh, rank the songs, and then we rate the record. That's why it's named Rate the Record. I mean, it would be silly if it was anything else. After you say Rate the Record, you have to go pip poo and just have a whole bunch of sound effects, explosions, and just a bunch of graphics on the screen. Uh, way more editing Fire than I works. want to do. Instead of, instead of editing, I'm just going to light off fireworks in this tiny <laughs> little room I have. Watch everything I have go up in flames, <laughs> and uh, and on the audio version, I will have I will hire someone to verbally describe what's happening in the room as everything gets set on fire. <laughs> it's like when you accidentally hit that button on the remote, and they're like, "She is walking towards the desk. She has pulled out chair and sat at desk." <laughs> oh, I haven't. Uh, that used to happen even when I didn't hit buttons on the remote. And I was just like, "Why <laughs> am I watching the descriptive version of this episode?" <laughs> You're like, I'm not turning it off, but I'm kind of curious. All right. So, as we said, Giant Colossal Episode 5. As you can tell from the title of this one, no matter how you're watching or listening to it, this episode is Nirvana's Nevermind. And there is going to be a 5B because it wouldn't be 5A just on its own. Uh, The 5B is going to be the Red Hot Chili Peppers Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Now... Why did we do two episodes today? Well, first off, I should say that uh, if you're watching the YouTube version, somewhere up here above my hand in the top right corner, there should be a, a card you can click on for the Chili Peppers episode, or it's in the description below. Same with the audio listeners. Description everywhere, or just hit next, and it's going to be like the next episode to pop up. But why did we do two episodes today? Well, um, if you're not too privy to the music world and everything like that, I think I used that word correctly. Uh-huh. <laughs> Basically, September 24th, 1991 was a big day for music, especially like the rock scene, uh, because both of these albums turned 30 years old on September 24th. They were both released on the exact same day, and they just so happened to be each band's most prolific, influential, and just most important album in their discography. So 
we couldn't choose just one to do and we didn't want to wait too long to release the next episode so this is a very very rare occasion we're going to get two episodes in one day it's like christmas so christmas already yeah you get two presents under the tree you're like i'm being spoiled exactly but yes, this one is Nirvana's Nevermind, so make sure you tune in uh, the next episode. After you're done listening to this one, go listen to the Red Hot Chili Peppers Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Or if you, for some reason, watched that one first, welcome to this one. <laughs> so before we get too deep into the album, though, uh, we do like to give a disclaimer to make sure that we're all in the same playing field when it comes to, like, you know, sharing our opinions, thoughts, and ideas on these albums. We don't want any, like, any bullying. We don't want people to feel left out of the community or anything like that, so... We do have this disclaimer, and it is the following. The following thoughts and opinions we are going to discuss regarding this album is strictly of our own personal interests. We are not professional music reviewers. We are simply two friends having fun, discussing, and listening to music. We encourage respectful discussion and friendly banter of each episode, but we do not condone and will not tolerate bullying or belligerence based on the opinions of ourselves or others. This podcast is a casual and for-fun project and you're welcome to take what we say regarding the albums we rate with a grain of salt. There you go. I'm starting to even get, do my own actions while I read it now. <laughs> I, I can only see out of the corner of my eye, like, moving. I'm just like, okay, she's doing what I'm doing. <laughs> she's miming it. I uh, I went a little hard on the don't bully, but I, I think I got the point across. As long as people are fearful now, I think that's the point. Oh, yeah. I, I, think, they're, uh, I think they're quaking in the boots. That's really what I think. I would certainly hope so. We like to induce <laughs> fear on this show. Did I not just say no bullying, no belligerence and everything like that? Okay, anyways. Yep. We'll be nice though, I promise. Uh, so now, we will continue on and Savannah is going to tell us a little yes. bit about this album, Nirvana, and their album, Nevermind. Yes. So the three-piece we know as Nirvana was formed in Aberdeen, Washington by Kurt Cobain and Chris Novoselic. The two met in high school and released the first Nirvana demo in 88. After several drummer changes, as most bands tend to do, um, they drummer changes the release of their debut album bleach in 1989 dave grohl was brought in and the original drummer was dropped nevermind was recorded throughout 1990 and the first half of 91 ultimately released on september 24th 91 recorded in california and wisconsin nirvana went on to achieve diamond status in the states selling over 10.6 million records which would not be surprising if it was more than that now and they hit number one on the Billboard 200 chart. Nevermind is said to have kicked off the grunge movement, but others say it was well on its way before the album's release. Yeah, there's always like a lot of debate amongst <laughs> that. But I mean, like, yeah. if you were to think of like the Mount Rushmore of grunge, which I mentioned during the Pearl Jam episode, that's a, a episode one callback for everybody. Yeah. Uh, Nirvana is probably on like the head, like the yeah. front of that Mount Rushmore. Like, you could say what you will, but like, Grunge wasn't mainstream until this album came out. That's true. It's like smell it smells like Teen Spirit kind of blew everything up. Oh yeah. And even just the music video is just sort of very I don't know indicative of the time. <laughs> yeah, and I mean like the the long hair, the like the value village style clothing, <laughs> the, the the angsty smoky teen gym. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the long stringy just 
unwashed hair. I guess before we dig too deep into Smells Like Teen Spirit, we should tell people now that we are indeed now getting into the album discussion portion. Yes. Yes. The the longest portion, but it's also uh, very fun because we just get to say what we liked and didn't like about songs, everything like that, blah, blah, blah. I'm pretty sure you've heard this all before. And if you haven't, you're about to for the very first time. Heck yes. So speaking of Smells Like Teen Spirit, it just so happens to be the opening track of this album. I mean, like... If you haven't heard this album going into this, and this was the song to introduce you, like, chances are you've already heard the song on the radio at the very least. Oh, heck yes. So you're already being kicked off with a very familiar, catchy track. So, yes, Smells Like Teen Spirit Nirvana. What did you think about it? Um, Well, it was kind of hard to look past the fact that I've heard this a thousand times, and I'm not sure that that's even an exaggeration, but... For, I guess, an objective sort of, well, I don't even know if I'm using that word properly, but um, for me, I like the opening guitar riff. I like that it's just itself. That's it. You can tell it's amping up to something. If you've never heard it before, you you know that something is going to happen afterwards. And I kind of like that. I like the the quick build up to just the drums and everything kicking in. I think that, like, along with, like, Deep Purple and everything, this is one of those songs that I think a lot of kids will learn when they f- first pick up a guitar. Like, you'll learn <laughs> yeah. Smoke on the Water, you'll learn Iron Man, <laughs> you'll learn Wonderwall, and you'll also learn Smells Like Teen Spirit. Like, it, it feels so yeah. fitting. Um, but I also did write in my notes the, the exact same thing you said. Like, it, it's hard to get around the the immense fame of this song. Like, yeah. if you don't know who Nirvana is, you know what Smells Like Teen Spirit is. And so it's hard to listen to this song with a fresh set of ears now. And trust me, I tried. Yeah. Uh, but the one thing I will say, like, yes, the song is super catchy. Like, you can remember this forever, even if you don't can't make sense of the lyrics i mean some of it gets kind of nonsensical now is it just me or maybe i didn't look at like the radio version of this but i don't remember this song being five minutes long i i wrote that too i it does not feel five minutes long at all and it, when i and checked it, never it felt i was like that way. yeah not even once i checked the time i was like there's no way <laughs> like that's weird I, i'm imagining that I, I'm, I guess that the radio version is likely shorter because they probably just shorten certain sections, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Especially like the outro, they probably take some of those uh, uh, denial parts out. Like, I think there's a f- there's fewer portions of that in the radio edit. But yeah, like, I don't know. Because I was unaware it was five minutes, I didn't. it didn't feel like anything was different. I was like, is it really five minutes? Yeah, even if they cut something out, personally, I didn't notice at all. Yeah. The only other real note I have for this, because again, it was hard to have notes going into a song so well known, but that you could say that about a lot of songs in this album for real, though. Oh, yeah. But I could say this about uh, pretty much not only this this album, like any Nirvana album. So it even every time I have an asterisk in my notes, it's like it covers the entire album. I mentioned in past episodes that some bands just have a unique vocalist that you couldn't imagine anyone else doing it. Kurt is just that because like he obviously has that voice that's that's kind of frail. Uh, he, he really tenses and pushes his voice out like to the point where it sounds like it's hurting his throat. Yeah. And, like and he goes out of tune a lot. But the thing is, I'm not even saying that it's a bad thing because it fits what he's doing. Like it's grunge and like. Like, people kind of like that messy style, obviously, so it works and it, it sounds good. If this if his voice was in any other band, it would sound kind of weird. But, like, yeah. yeah, it just, I couldn't imagine someone singing Nirvana because then they would want to do it, like, clean and it just, it kind of takes away from the image. I definitely agree. Um, and it adds the, the emotion of, like, 
like listen to me i'm i'm pleading i'm screaming at you like i i like that and the the cracks in the voice the being out of tune i i totally agree that it's it's right on yeah you hear those squeaks in his voice so often like and even in later songs when like he screams and like has that like in a like the squeak of a, a kid hitting puberty or something like that so like your voice is dropping but you occasionally get that jump back up you hear yeah. that in some of his screaming again i'm not making fun of him because it, it absolutely works for this type of music yeah. uh but yeah I, that is kind of interesting that it just it's so raw and like real i guess like there's no polishing it it's just this is the way i'm singing i'm he i wouldn't be surprised if he didn't try to do it all in one take <laughs> i, I can't was just gonna say that yep i don't think he was too much of a perfectionist when they came from this stuff and i think notes like that will come up a little later in the review yeah. as well because actually the next song uh also a very well-known nirvana track oh, in yeah. bloom yes uh it's definitely less aggressive than the previous track but it's still yeah. kind of like heavy enough to carry that energy through so it at least had that going for it i i used to really like this song but i don't know whether my tastes have changed or if i'm just exposed to more of their catalog but nothing really sticks out to me other than oh i've heard this before yeah, and actually to tie into that, because I one of my notes is like this um, this song is catchy, but it's not as catchy as Smells Like Teen Spirit, for example. Yeah. So I mean, going through this track, yeah, it, it's not a terrible song, but yes, this is I'm exhausted of this one too. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people are. Uh, <laughs> even though you could still love the song, obviously no one's going to stop you. But yeah, like this one uh, wasn't too standoutish. I know it obviously because I've heard it a billion times. But other than that, the only the only thing I could really say was like um, Dave Grohl's fills in the sections between the courses and the verse. Uh, I, I really I, I like that kind of stuff. I like how he's kind of like just sh- showing himself off a little bit. Even though I think in a recent interview he just talked about how like a lot of his drum fills are just ripoffs. Yeah, I saw, I saw something like that, like the beginning, like the at the beginning of Smells Like Teen Spirit. He's like, yeah, I just I just stole it. That was it. I'm like. Well, at least you're open about it. You know, at least you're honest. But yeah, I think Grohl's fills were like probably the the most standout portion of the song and a song that didn't really stand out too much. And the only other note I have really is that uh, this is kind of one of those things that goes across the entire album again. Uh, It's weird hearing a messy guitar solo with so much polish on it. (laughs) because <laughs> obviously Kurt's not like pro soloist like we, we can I think we can all agree on that but like yeah. the, what he does do again fits the genre fits the style of music fits the punky way he wants to present things and that's fine that's great I, I like it uh, yeah. but it's when you hear it like production wise and it sounds way cleaner than it should it's just like he probably didn't like that either <laughs> yeah yeah I, I can definitely see that it's it's uh, a lot of like squealing and kind of I don't know off slightly off-putting sounds but it sounds i don't know it sounds fluid the the tone the tones are very clean i mean it's not as messy and as raw as you would want one of his solos to be and i again i think i remember watching or hearing something a while ago where he was in a battle with record companies because he wanted to make a really messy record but they're like no it has to be clean and commercial friendly blah 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 yeah so you know this is his way of trying to get through to that but then the record company's like okay let's just clean up some of that distortion there we go yeah yeah just a little spit shine it and then send it out yikes (laughs) don't need any spit from the record company we're good (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right so the next track let's just keep going with these familiar tracks yep come as you are (sighs) i like this song uh just 
certain parts, I guess, uh, as a whole. Again, same with In Bloom. It's something I've heard a million times. It's It just sort of goes in and comes out. It's not really, I don't know, doesn't stick with me after I listen to it. Um, I guess on the good side, I, I like the, what is it in the intro, a guitar or bass? It sounds like it might be a bass because it comes in later in the song. Um, the intro of this of, song? Yeah, yeah. It, it is Kurt's guitar. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, because I think later in the song, I hear it underneath a solo, so I wasn't sure if it was just the bass continuing on. Oh, it might just be layering for the album then. Oh, okay. Because well, even I yeah, like that. yeah, because like it's a three piece, but like you'll find the bands do that a lot. They'll like uh, layer guitars over top of the solo, even though there's only one guitarist. Like yeah. Rush does that a lot, for example. So I mean, oh, and I guess I guess uh, live they had Pat Smear, so they would always have a second guitarist. Yeah, when yeah, they played, just right? to fill out the sound a little more, because it does sound a little weird if you hear a live band and yeah, there's not that extra layering guitar so if you're playing a solo and the bass is the only thing backing you up it's like this suddenly feels a little naked it's kind of weird well that okay that makes sense so that that tone i like it a lot um i okay just something super minor that i hate it um when he is repeating like memoria memory and he doesn't change the tone of his voice he just does it the same four times i'm like just just add a little bit of salt to that because it sounds bland and i it's bothered me so long i hate it i hate it i have a feeling that's going to come up in other songs as well. <laughs> yeah it I might i don't like that part <laughs> <laughs> okay so what i have written again being such a familiar track uh i i've suffered complete fatigue of this song yeah. uh maybe not as bad as in bloom or smells like teen spirit i don't know i don't really know where i sit on that fatigue scale all i know is like this was very difficult to listen to without a fresh set of ears uh so i i tried being as absolutely unbiased as possible while writing my notes yeah the very first thing I have written is that this song suits uh, Kurt's vocal range very well. Like, yeah. I know that he's not really too concerned of his range because he, he'll scream, he'll go low, high, he'll do whatever the hell he wants. But, like, when you, you, you can hear where his natural range is, and this song is perfect for it. Yeah. I, I really enjoy that part of it. And also, too, like, maybe it's my headphones, these exact ones I'm wearing. Uh, maybe it's because I was listening to a remastered version of this album. But the the... the Guitars in the chorus seemed to pop out a lot more than any other instrument, so it kind of stood out and felt kind of awkward. Oh, yeah? I, I, again, I don't know if it's just what I was listening to or the way I was listening to it, but so this note might be irrelevant, but just in case it isn't, I wanted to point that out. Could be the producer in you. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Or just, again, maybe I'm just listening to the wrong thing on the wrong platform with the wrong headphones. Let's listen to Wrong by Depeche Mode. Oh, I love that song. <laughs> so do I. Um, but yeah, this, this song too, uh, being less heavy like in the other tracks actually allows for like a better flow of the album so i kind of appreciate where the song is and what it is for the album yeah kind of pulls the energy back a little bit but it's still like kind of like dark enough to catch your attention and just be like oh, okay this is an interesting little uh, quiet moment on the album quiet in quotations yeah but as compared to the other tracks <laughs> yeah yeah i uh yeah, I, I don't have much about uh, Come As You Are other than I just really like the tone of the, the intro guitar bass. I, I still, no idea. But I I like that a lot. And it's easy for me to kind of 
look over things I don't like in it only because I just there's something about that tone that is pleasing to my brain. I like it. If I had to guess, like obviously they EQ'd it a lot, but um, there's obviously um, an effect called chorus on the guitar. Mm-hmm. Some people just say coarse, but it's coarse. Uh, so that's kind of giving it that kind of like watery, almost slightly twangy sound. It, it does sound watery, and it's it's the vision that you get when you hear it, but you can't articulate that because calling a tone watery, I'm like, that sounds weird, but it's, it's fairly accurate. In the world of production, there's a lot of words <laughs> and phrases that don't make sense, but producers make it make sense. Like if you ever hear someone say like, oh, this song is like tighter, it's in the pocket. That just means it's really good. Like yeah. that, that's just like an example. But like yeah, you're going to hear a lot of things. So it's calling something watery. Trust me, it's going to make sense to somebody. <laughs> okay, good. Because that, that's it. Yep. Okay, so the complete opposite of watery now. We're going to the next song, uh, yes. Breed, uh, which I knew the song. I just never knew the name of it. So when it kicked in, I was like, oh, this one. Okay, I remember it. Yeah, I like it. I, I like the punk influence. It's very, very obvious. And uh, it definitely sounds like something that they would start a show with just to hype up the crowd. Would make sense, yeah, just to kind of get everyone moving. Because, yeah, uh, cause, yeah I, I have something similar to, like, this song brings, like, a fun, punky kind of mess to it. Yes. And so, like, yeah, that punk sound works very well, especially because, you know, Kurt really wanted that in the music to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, the distorted bass really helped, too. Like, the, the first song that uses distorted bass on this album, and it, it's very effective. Yeah. Um, but even this song being short, because I think it was under three minutes, if I remember correctly. I think um, so. The song kind of felt like a long stretch uh, because there was no real change or division point in it. It was just like one long stream of consciousness type thing. Yeah. Uh, But I will say the runtime serves it well, though. So this I'm probably going to say this for another track or two on this album. But this song's runtime was great because being any longer song would have suffered. Oh, yeah. And if the song was like three and a half, four minutes long, it would have. Well, like especially having that that punk sort of quickness to it that you expect it to be over soon, and when it does go longer, you're kind of like, like it's um instead of a sprint, it's like a marathon. You're like, I'm running, I'm running. Like, where is the finish line? I'm getting exhausted now. But if you sprint, you're just like, okay, we're done. And that's yeah, it. exactly. So I I like that. I uh, yeah, it definitely screams first first song at a gig. So I like that. If you want true punk spirit. Don't write songs over a minute and a half long because a minute and a half is considered pushing it. <laughs> like if you want to get yep. into like punk rock, I'm not talking about Green Day. I'm not talking about Good Charlotte or whatever the hell some kids consider punk. You want real punk. You write a song that's like a minute to a minute and a half long. It's like a, a couple propaganda songs I've heard. I'm like, oh, we're we're done now. OK, cool. <laughs> like I, I think one of the very first songs I was ever introduced to in punk like a long time ago uh, it's by the Misfits. What uh, 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 hybrid moments? That's what it's called. And then it ended up being on like one of the Jackass soundtracks too. So that was even cooler. Oh. It's like a minute fifty-seven, <laughs> but it's it's so. If that song was longer, it would suffer. But like, God, I love that song. It's it's yep. it, it's quick to the point. You just love it for what it is. It's good. Yep. But we're not talking oh, about the Misfits. <laughs> nope. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. See, and then I'll uh, I'll do like the long hair thing. I'll grow my hair out. Just do the long thing. Please do that, please. And can you can you dress up as a Danzig? <laughs> I might be taller, but yeah. Yeah, you might be taller actually. You gotta come and look. <laughs> Just get ready. Get, get ready your neck. 
pump up your shoulders. <laughs> I, I'm just imagining putting on fake muscles, but all they are are just like upside down bowls on my hand. Oh, oh no, you, you got to get the uh, the Ultimate Warrior body costume because it's like it's like his whole body, but it's like just padding. But it looks like him shirtless with the, like all the the paint on him and everything like that. So you got to get the Ultimate Warrior body costume. We both know that if I buy the Ultimate Warrior body costume, it is not just to be Danzig. It is to be the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> it is the everyday thing. <laughs> uh, uh, Savannah, what are you wearing? Oh, these are just my relaxing clothes. That's it. No, no. When, when they ask you what you're wearing, you have to go into some long-winded, weird pr- promo. <laughs> About talking. spaceships to Mars, Hulk. Yeah, Hulk. the planet of the warriors and then also crashing... <laughs> Uh, Hulk Hogan's plane into the side of a mountain or something like that. <laughs> and also, you can't face the person you're talking. You have to be like this. Oh, uh, I'm wearing this costume for a reason. <laughs> like, <sighs> him and Macho Man never looked at the camera. <laughs> it, it will not take me long to memorize that entire promo. <laughs> well, and the thing is, a lot of it's inaudible because like he's just groaning and mumbling through a lot of it. But people love it. <laughs> Oh my god, okay. Okay, we should stop talking about wrestling because um in case anybody <laughs> hasn't known me or my preferences, I could talk about wrestling forever. So Yeah, and this isn't a pro wrestling <laughs> podcast either. I mean it could be. Let's let's uh let's review WWF the album. <laughs> okay, so the next song is Flashbacks. <laughs> okay, yeah, we're going to Lithium. <laughs> Sorry to all the Nirvana fans out there, you just wasted two minutes of your life. You'll never right. get it back. So Lithium, the uh, song number five on this album, um, this is kind of a track where I realized that there were a lot of notable songs on this album. Like, I obviously, in hindsight, I already know that now. But at this point, when I got to this portion of the album, I was like, oh, my God, like every Nirvana song is on this album. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. But Lithium is, again, a song that I'm super fatigued of, whether or not it's on the radio a lot. The thing is, I grew up... Uh, well, Savannah and I kind of grew up in the same time frame, but we grew up in a time frame, especially me, where I went to a bunch of local shows in my young teen years, and like every band, every local band I ever played, either played this one or Heart Shaped Box. There was actually uh, yes. a, a show I went to. Um, my, my then girlfriend at the time, her brother was also in a band too, so I went with her to go see them. There was like six or seven bands that night. Four of them played Heart Shaped Box. Three of them played Lithium. <laughs> They should have to submit their set list before anything. Holy crap. At least one band went ham on Weezer. I was like, okay, good. Something different. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. That that would get kind of annoying. But, you know, second it, time, oh, quin- coincidence. Third time, okay, uh, I'm going to go step outside for a little bit. I, I could have sworn I heard groaning when the fourth time Heart Shape <laughs> Box came on. Oh, I don't doubt that. <laughs> Imagine being I, I feel the sorry for. Band, I was gonna say I feel so so sorry for that band. It's like yeah. you didn't know. It's not like you planned this. It's just like oh shit. But that's when you turn to your band members like we're axing that one. Yeah. What else do you guys know? Let's go. <laughs> do you guys know Lithium? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I I used to get Lithium and In Bloom mixed up. I never remembered the titles of either of them. Um, I don't. I don't recall if they say the song titles in either one, so I kind of see my... In Bloom, he says it during the verse. I don't okay. think he says Lithium here. Because I think... Okay. okay, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not really good on my Nirvana lyrics, but in, in Bloom, he's like, Tender Age in Bloom. Oh, in I don't think verse. I would even ever hear that. I don't think I've heard that so Bruises far. is on the fruit, Tender Age in Bloom. I think I didn't read the lyrics. I don't know. I could be oh, wrong. Okay. Oh, I can, I can see that. 
but the while you're explaining i'll look it up real quick (laughs) the more i listen to the song the more neutral i am to it again it's kind of like in bloom to me where i used to really like it it used to be my favorite nirvana song but the more i've listened to it or the more my tastes have changed the more i'm kind of i'm impartial i won't turn it off if it's on but i'm not going to go through my playlist and you know pick that song specifically yeah and actually i have a point to cover that but just before i do that yes i just looked up the lyrics to in bloom and it it is bruises on the fruit (laughs) tender age in bloom and i believe that's the uh second verse yeah so yes they say but lithium i don't know i'm not gonna bother looking that up anyway (laughs) so yeah kind of on what you were saying uh this track stood out the least amongst all the other tracks on the album so far like up to this point i'm not going to talk about the other tracks just yet but like up to this point it's just like there's nothing too special about this one. I, I get that people like it and it can stand on its own as like a quote unquote single, I guess. I don't know if it actually was, but uh, it just didn't do it for me. Uh, there was a lot of repetition in this track that I could have just done without, yeah. to be 100% honest. Um, the only real good thing I can say about this track is uh, Chris, Chris Novoselic. Uh, his bass riffs and fills in this song were probably the freshest thing in this song. Yeah. Everything else just kind of felt like background to me, but, like, the bass was pretty much the only real standout. I'm not huge on Lithium. Sorry to people who love this track, but I just... Sorry to all the bands I've watched cover this over the years. I I did... I did say that uh, I'm seeing the song structure is pretty consistent thus far over the five songs that we've covered. It's just sort of, I don't even have to count the verse, chorus, verse, chorus. And just to me, they sound very formulaic where it's just sort of, this is how we write songs. So we're just going to keep going like this. And it's kind of eh, in a little, in a little way. And I guess to be fair, like, especially when grunge in its short lived run, uh, when grunge was kind of like blowing up, it was never meant to be a complicated genre, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe complicated to get into depending on who you are. But, uh, overall, no, it's like, it's not supposed to be like super complex music, music for musicians type thing. Yeah. So I can, I see where the structure fits in and why they're doing it. And like, yeah, uh, it's not that exciting, but at the same time, you can just appreciate a song for what it is, and that's what I'm trying to do while listening to this. Yeah. And I found myself doing that quite a few times on this album, so I was just like, you know, I'm not going to be a music snob. I'm just trying to enjoy it for what it is. I, I feel like my snobbiness will peek out here and there, but uh, but I agree with you. I, I see your point. Uh, tr- oh, trust me. I, I, I could also say some snobby things. I'm just trying <laughs> not to. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be positive. I'm just trying to... Uh, although I'm going to tell you where I have problems with this album. Like, for example, the next song, Polly. Yep. Um, Got to be frank here. Yep. Not too fond of this track and again I, I to those who haven't been in our podcast before I guess I should have prefaced this a long time ago we don't do lyrical breakdowns I know lyrics can be a big part of a song or an album especially with Kurt Cobain because everyone knows him as like this prolific writer for his time and just in his state of mind and where he was like his writing was very really important I get that, but we we just we don't have the time to go into lyrical breakdowns on the show, especially with like someone like Kurt Cobain. I mean, yeah. one day if we ever cover Elliot Smith, try to <laughs> get me to break that down, like I'll be here forever. <laughs> um, so I, I understand where Polly can stand with lyrical context, but without it, um, 
it's just not sitting well for me. Uh, it's a little too minimal for what's already been a really energetic and kind of noisy album. Yeah. I don't mind the Breath of Fresh Air spots, as we always mentioned in the other albums, but this one was just... Eh, it, it, it felt like a... It was like a weird fill. Uh, this one to me like felt like a weird filler. It's like an in studio like mic test before they start recording the next track. I I can see that. I I did like the acoustic uh, track being a welcome change. Um, whether or not you know middle of the album or not, just listening to them do something acoustic is kind of nice. It is sort of a a brain change for that. Um, mm-hmm. I liked that the bass came in two minutes into the song. That's when I realized the song is about four and a half to five minutes long. And I'm like, holy crap. Um, Wait, Polly? I think so. Cause I'm pretty sure that uh, there was still two, two and a half minutes when I looked down to see when the bass came in. Hold on, Googling, because now I'm, like, puzzled. Yeah. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I just... Yeah. I, I could be wrong, but... I think... Because the, I... the thing is, I wrote a note about it being short. Oh, really? Well, maybe I'm wrong on this one. Maybe I can own you right here on the podcast. Oh, <laughs> as if that's the first time. To all the audio listeners, I'm pulling up my phone again to uh, fact-check Savannah here. <laughs> well, I guess I'll... Uh... I, I just going back to the uh, bass coming in the uh, the song would be incredibly boring if it didn't come in where it did. It was very minimal up until that point. Then you hear the bass come in. It's pretty good. Uh, I counted three crash hits and nothing else. There were no drums, no nothing. I feel like Dave Grohl came in, hit it three times, said, all right, I'll take my 200 bucks now. And that's I it. believe he did background vocals on this track, though. I think he does, like, the higher falsetto harmonies. Oh, okay. I didn't I quite think. hear that one. Uh, because I know, like, during the uh, the unplugged sessions that Grohl was doing a lot of the backup vocals. Yeah, so I, I would imagine different track yeah I, I think that he was doing backup for this but I could be wrong uh, and yes Polly two minutes and 57 seconds is one of the shorter tracks because I actually I, I have a note <laughs> I win damn it again I, I have a note here it just like the short run time is well suited any longer in this would have uh, felt like it was dragging on too much yeah. so another one of those notes where I said like if it was longer it would suffer yeah but as I said though this one to me just kind of felt like a, a mic test filler like it Again, not including the lyrics. It just just passed by. Okay, so just to just to go back to where you owned me, um, <laughs> I, I I was looking at the total time of the song. Uh, I I was looking at the two minutes and fifty three seconds it is, um, and thinking that was that was what was left in the song. So um, I will take this L and uh, and wear it proudly. Well, that, you that, have no choice. The review. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> Okay, so what I'm going to do now is behind me uh, over here from now on, I'm going to have a big like dry erase board of how many times I've owned Savannah on this podcast. Another reason why you audio listeners should be listening to the YouTube version. <laughs> and one day it's just going to be full of ticks. It's like, I need a second board. <laughs> yeah, and then on your side, there's going to be like maybe three. Maybe yeah, three. Yeah, you'll have one behind you. There's like at once every few months, there's just like <laughs> one tick. It's like, okay, you got me on that one, but yeah. can I refer you to all these ticks behind me? <laughs> I don't have ticks. <laughs> uh, we're this, going is off, this is hurting. We're going off of uh, off the rail again. But you know what? It's funny because we're going to, I guess we'll move on from Polly. I don't know if there's much yeah, more to say on not, it. Not really. This is the point in the album now where I think things started to pick up. Like for, yeah. it, like it got more interesting for me personally. 
So we go into track seven, Territorial Pissings. I really like that name. <laughs> uh, again, you get like this happens a lot. This has happened so far a lot in um, different songs that we've. Uh, different albums that we've covered where there'll be like a quiet track and then something super energetic to follow and like obviously there's there's a formula to that and there's a reason why bands do that yeah and i will say the super messy guitars that start the track are very exciting i really like it it picks the mood back up it's fun and just it kind of gets you back into that okay we're, we're having like we're, we have energy again. We're not like taking a nap. So I love the pickup okay. and of energy and aggression right it's, in the beginning of this track. It's definitely another very punk influenced, very short song where it's just it's fast. It hits you. It's gone. That's it. And you're just like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, but I have I, a, a short and sweet punk style track. I have that exact note. Yeah, um, it because of that, it feels like they wrote it in 20 minutes. It just feels like they spit it out and they're like, this is what we're going with. Thumbs up. We're great. Um, I hate the singing intro. I, I get the sense of humor. I get the, you know, setup, but I, I don't know why certain songs that just have a off key singing intro, whether this song, <clears throat> excuse me, or any other, I just, I hate it. I hate it all the time. I don't know if that was picked up on the mic, but there was a huge crash upstairs. <laughs> I think <laughs> I someone heard just, it. I think someone just moved a chair or something like that. That so the special guest in the podcast up there, whoever's upstairs. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, with the, with the song, uh, I, I agree with a lot of that because yeah, it's just like a, a fun, quick, punky track. I like I like the kind of like out of tune vocals. I just you you are right like it feels like they wrote this like in no time at all it feels like yeah. the producer of the album came in the room's like kurt we need two and a half more minutes of music and then, yeah. then just like oh we were, well, we were just fucking around with this one thing <laughs> and then this became yeah. a track on the album uh it, yeah it's a short and sweet track it also fe- it does feel like a filler but at least it's fun and a little chaotic that yeah. spices things up so actually i i enjoyed a lot more because of that and this is, again, another one of those songs that if it were longer, the song and album would suffer. Yeah. So it's perfect for being – I'm looking at the, the list here on my phone. Two minutes and 22 seconds. Yep. There you go. It, it, to me, it felt shorter than that. Maybe because by the time I started like, okay, I like this, getting into it, it was nearing the end of the track. So it sort of felt a lot shorter. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, for me, it didn't feel like it was a filler track. And it's very surprising that it didn't really feel like many tracks on this album were kind of filler. It kind of felt like they were all there for a reason. Mm-hmm. But I definitely agree with if it was longer, it would be kind of like it would sort of go into filler territory where it's like, why is this here? What is it trying to say? Yeah, like it, it's a song that doesn't need like any sort of unnecessary guitar solo, even like Cobain's style of like messy kind of solo. <laughs> like yeah. it, it, it didn't need it. Like you don't need any adding anything else would just take away from like the energy that the song is just pushing forth very quickly. Yeah. So yeah, it works for what it is. I, I really like this song. Actually, I like how quick it is. I like how it made me feel. So yeah. Territorial pissings in a box. <laughs> in a jar. Gross. <laughs> Talking about pissing in a jar. Uh, speaking of pissing in a jar, did you notice the, uh, the, the Easter egg of Malibu Ken in the background? Uh, uh, looks like cheese. Oh, it looks like cheese. I, what, I think what we should start doing, everyone can hear this, it's fine. What we should start doing is for the YouTube version, every once in a while, put something in the background that's an Easter egg to a previous video. 
Ooh. Except for when we do rush and like I literally have all this stuff here. I'm just like, oh, well, here's a fly by night Easter egg that's been there forever. <laughs> I'll just hang my multitude of t-shirts as my background. That too. Although you don't have much more of a background than I do. Like I'm, I'm, I think I'm further away from my wall than you are. Oh yeah, I'm directly in front of mine. <laughs> yeah. Well, one day, well, you know, when you when you're able to get the more space for the wall, you can have like a table further away and like have more stuff behind you. Skeletons, skeletons everywhere. Skeletons. Hello, King. Farewell to King. Skeletons. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, <laughs> we're, we're, we've been doing this a lot so far, just trailing off. <laughs> but this is where the album's getting good, though, I promise. Yes, yes. Okay, so number eight, Drain You. How do you feel about this track? I like it. I like it. It sounds very similar to what we'd go on to listen to, I'd say, between 91 and 96. It kind of has a more poppy kind of sound without crossing over and being pop music, I guess, in the way you'd think of it. Um, I, I like the rock alternative four chord sound that's really evident in this one. It could have been in the songs before this, but I really oh, it smells like Teen Spirit was heavy for that. Yeah, but like I, I really hear it in this one because I kind of like the uh, the alternative rock of the mid to late 90s. So it kind of sounds like it started that in a way. And I am glad that the bridge in this isn't just a guitar solo, whether it's just a chaotic one or one that follows the vocal melody. I'm glad that there's more drums in it. It's more dynamic than the other songs that came before it so far. I will say that this song kind of gave me in bloom vibes. Yeah. Uh, it kind of made me feel the same way. So with saying that, like it didn't do a whole lot for me, but talking about like that middle section there, like the song's a bit lengthy, but that middle section kind of made up for it. Cause I do like how like tense it started sounding and like, yeah, there, yeah there's a lot more, there's like guitar chugs. Uh, there's a lot of play on the Tom drums and the cymbals that I really liked. That was the most interesting part of the song for me. So aside from that, like nothing really grabbed me too much about it, but I yeah. did appreciate the middle track. It's like, okay, they, they did something a little interesting here. So it's not just one flat track. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, so you got the, your, your, your road and then it's like, Ooh, here comes the good part. And then it went back <laughs> down. Just, okay. <laughs> yep. It's like that exciting hill that when you go down it, you kind of get that lifted sort of butterflies feeling. You're like, oh, that was exciting. Oh, we're back at ground level now. Yeah. I would have rather just stayed at the top of that, that little hill peak there. But no, we came back down. That's how yep. rides usually end. Yep. Other than that, I think we're good for this track. Yeah. I don't have much other than uh, other than I liked it. And then it, uh, I don't know, kind of reminds me of other songs by other artists of the time that I like. And yeah. I enjoy that. So now song nine, Lounge Act. Uh, fun fact, this is the first song on the album that I haven't already heard in some capacity. Oh, I've really? heard, There's only two songs on this entire album that I have not heard before i've again growing up around a lot of nirvana fans much bigger ones than i ever was uh i've heard the vast majority of this album one way or another but this is one of two tracks on this album that i haven't uh so it was nice to hear a nirvana song i had yet to hear <laughs> yeah the uh, the fatigue isn't settled in yet yeah yeah and i i will say with, with the song um 
I, I think I said this during Dream Theater as well. I talked about how like certain bands that I like, like Between the Buried and Me, I can hear where they got their influence from through that Dream Theater album. Yeah. Uh, this I had another moment like this with this one, and I'm pretty sure this is going to keep happening as we go. Um, but like a band I like, the Silver Sun Pickups. Um, this song sounded like something that they listened to. And it's like, I want to make something that sounds like that. Oh, yeah. Especially like the final verse that still feels like just basic rockish, but like instead of just singing, Kurt starts like screaming. Yeah. Um, that That's something that the Silver Sun pickups do a lot. Even like on the most basic of like quieter riffs, heavier riffs doesn't really matter. Like the final verse usually has some sort of like yelling or screaming. Yeah. So I was like, oh, cool, another track where you can hear where influences come from. So I thought that was, like, really interesting. It's not the most exciting track, but again, this is another one of those songs where the short run time serves it well. Uh, I agree with that last point, the uh, the run time. Um, I've heard this song before. I know I've heard this song before, but not enough to really sort of uh imagine the song while we're talking about it so it's like i as of right now don't remember how it goes so i guess that's really shows how memorable it was to me same but i do have to say that uh chris novoselic is a better bassist than i thought he was because you always think that these fast messy grunge songs or whatever are just sort of four chords e string you know quarter notes that's it but listening to it i'm like this is more audibly exciting than i remember them being which is nice it's got to give credit to them for sure and for me it just sounds like a nirvana song i don't know how else to describe that it just sounds like a nirvana song i mean that works that's gonna make sense to somebody but again <laughs> me me not being like huge in nirvana like it's it's hard for me to think of a nirvana song that's not smells like teen spirit so, yeah that's true i mean obviously i've tried to uh expand myself a little bit especially listening to this album and i i even remember back i think it was in the year 2000 when there was like a greatest hits that came out and the song you know you're right came out on that i like that song and courtney love didn't want people to hear it so she tried yeah. suing the band that was a fun time but I yeah actually that. that was that was like around the, the resurgence of nirvana's popularity and that's why like a lot of bands i would go see from there on out like locally would play nirvana yeah. I, and i guarantee you it's because of that greatest hits album that came out and like reintroduced us like the Gen Xers pass it down to us, essentially, the millennials. So, And it's funny you say that because I used to have, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was the three disc greatest hits thing where it had like the, the hard case with the silver and uh, it's, uh, it's definitely one of those things that it's like, oh, they listen to music. They have to like this. And then you listen to it going, I've never listened to Nirvana before. And you listen to it going. Oh, yeah, this isn't that bad, actually. It's not that bad. I gave it away. I don't own it anymore, but I mean, yeah, I listened yeah. to it. I, I think, I think, yeah, when um, that Greatest Hits came out, too, it was at a time when, like, uh, like new metal was a big thing mm -hmm. that was really blowing up at the scene. Like, you know, you had your corn slit, not that's really not really new metal, but, like, System of Down, Static X, those types of bands. Yeah. Um, and there was, yeah, like a lot of heavier music coming around at that time. So Nirvana kind of fitting comfortably, especially with like the angst still being there. Yeah. So, I mean, sure, why not? Let's throw them into the mix. Yep. And I think that kind of helped grunge blow back up a little bit too. Like not too much, but it made a bit of a resurgence in the 2000s. Oh, yeah. it's You're, you're always sort of introducing something new to a new age group or a new 
generation, right? So re-releasing these things every so often is always going to kind of keep that going regardless. I'm I'm sure there's people now who are just discovering Nirvana or Alice in Chains or whatever, and they're like, this is the best thing ever. But meanwhile, like our parents are like, yeah, we know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> I remember, oh, you know what? I don't, I don't want to go off too much on like, not, not, not a tangent, but I don't want to go off track. Yeah. I, I will just say really quickly though. I do remember being young and first discovering black Sabbath, getting excited and telling my parents about it. And they're just like, yeah, cool. Yep. <laughs> Glad you like it, boy. <laughs> yep. Oh, good. Now I can play it in the house. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, they played it anyways. <laughs> All right. So number 10, now that we can finally get to, I think this is going to be a longer review just because we keep trailing off. Number 10, Stay Away. Um, this track just kind of blended in with everything else. So, oh, okay. I don't know. I didn't feel too much about it. I, I liked it um, just sound wise. It's definitely something that I could just put on, you know, my Google Home and do housework. It's nothing that I'm going to sit there and sort of okay, like I, I really want to listen to this with headphones. It's just something I'd hear on the radio or whatnot. Um, it, it felt definitely like a formulaic song where it's just first chorus, first, like, I don't know. I, I noticed that only because I think personally, I don't listen to a lot of songs that are like that. So when I do hear it, I notice it, I guess. Um, but the in the intro, the bass and drums totally sounds like No Doubt Sunday Morning. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's what I got from that. I listened to it going, okay, I like the song, but at the beginning, I just wanted to listen to No Doubt because I, <laughs> I, I like th that song. I think we already missed the 25-year anniversary. I think it's 25 years of uh, Tragic Kingdom. I so think so, yeah. We missed a big anniversary album. <laughs> Doesn't mean that we won't do Tragic Kingdom, but I mean, like, it just can't be for this anniversary because we already missed a special day. <laughs> yeah, five more years. Or maybe even sooner. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Okay, um, but yeah, I will say like as much as I felt this song kind of blended into the rest of the album, it, it's it did still have a bit more of a uh, fun and unique approach to it. Yeah. Uh, like it did sound a little more interesting in its composition, and I I like that kind of like breakdown type of ending where like the detuning was happening. It just got really crunchy and messy. I like that kind of stuff, and I mean I can be kind of picky with it, but I I enjoyed listening to that. So that kind of bumped the song up a little more for me if it wasn't yeah. for that i don't know how well i would have rated it but yeah because of that it helped and like i don't that's the best part of the song to me was literally the ending yeah well you had to listen to the whole song just to get to the good part right well and didn't you say i think it was last week that you were this show was starting to teach you to l listen to more than 30 seconds of a track yeah 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 because i so, could hate the beginning but i'm like all right the middle or the end is pretty pleasurable to listen to yeah you got to find that treasure in there somewhere Exactly. Better okay, so number 11, uh, another song that I'm all too familiar with. Uh, yep. On a Plane by Nirvana. Of course it's by Nirvana. We're doing the whole album. I don't know why I said by Nirvana. <laughs> yep. Just intro every single song off of their album. <laughs> on a Plane by Nirvana off the 1991 album, <laughs> Nevermind. Savannah, my co-host, what do you oh, feel God. about this song? <laughs> um, so... I, I like it. I think I only like it because I've heard it so often. Um, I don't know if I've heard it on the radio. I, I really don't remember the sing the singles aside from the four at the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I am kind of over the chorus repeating so much at the end. I'm just I'm on a plane. I like I I get it. Okay, 
fine, but like get off the plane. It's stop, stop it. It's getting annoying now. But I do hear Dave Grohl's backup vocals at the end. Yeah. And yeah. I like it. I like it. The, the, the little harmony outro there. I actually have a note about that too. I'll get to yeah. it in a moment. Yeah. But um, so as much of, as a music producer as I'm trying to be sometimes, I, I'm not good with music theory. So I, I can't describe certain sounds the way I want to. Like, oh, it's like a, 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 a tonal something or other, a harmony, blah, 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 whatever. E minor fifth. I don't know any of that stuff. I just know yep. music. Um, so I wrote this note kind of weird. I like the weird chord settlements in the chorus, like a weird tension in the notes from the riffs and Kurt's vocals. Like it's like a, a, an uneven chord. I don't know what they'd be called, but like it's, it doesn't feel like a comfortable chord, but I, I kind of like that. It, like it could be like a tritone for all I know. Uh, probably not a tritone because there's usually three notes in the tritone. There's there's a, there's the extent of my music theory knowledge. You um, know, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. But just like Kurt's vocals, like I'm on a plane, like that's the note he sits on, and then but the the. You would think the chord to follow it or on top of it would like match it, but it doesn't. Yeah. And I even played it like on my guitar and my bass, like both trying to find like the melody. It's like, wow, that's that's uncomfortable, but I like it. Yeah. But I also realized too, like that type of thing is something I really like in Nine Inch Nails. For example, Trent does that all the time. So when I hear something like that, I'm like, oh, it's unique. I like that they did that and didn't just like make it fit nicely. Yeah. So it's I appreciate that, that kind of dirty feeling to it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I believe I've heard some people who know music theory better than me refer to it as like tension, okay. uh, like a, like an unresolved chord, like tension. And so it's, I, I'm going to use that and hope I'm using it in the right context. Well, I have nothing to add to that other than that chorus needs to stop repeating at the end. It's really good. It's it's a decent song, and then I just want to shut it off at the end. Yeah, um, this is another song though that really does suit uh, Kurt's natural range. Yeah. Uh, he sounds good singing it. It's all it's it's right there for him. And yeah, those vocal harmonies at the end. I kind of like how the song ended with that. Like the song faded out, but you could still hear those like humming harmonies. Yeah, going out for like a like a handful of seconds there. It yeah. didn't feel necessary, but I liked it. Oh yeah. It, uh, I feel like just sort of having that leads into the next song nicely. It does, which we will do that now. Transition nicely. Yes. Something in the way. Um, I don't think this one was ever on the radio, but again, growing up around Nirvana fans, I heard this one a lot, despite not having owned this album. So I'm intimately familiar with this track. I am um, not. I I love how dark and emotional this track is. I actually really enjoy this. Yep. Um, it feels good to have a track like this on this album. I know I've said before about Polly how just like it didn't sit well with me, but this one had more of a tonal consistency and just emotional consistency in it, where it's just like I I can get behind this, and it also sounds really pretty, even though it's not pretty. It's like a very I, th I believe this song is about homelessness, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I really? could be wrong. I could be wrong. Because, I mean, okay. underneath the bridge, the very first lyrics he says, but and it, it sounds like he's living under the bridge, so I'm assuming it's about homelessness. Huh. Um, but, yeah, like, this is just a really, quote-unquote, pretty-sounding track. Uh, the addition of the cello and the chorus uh, like sets that. a really nice tone for it. Um it would have been nice to have some different lyrics in the second verse, but I will say the repetition of that actually still is just as effective from the first time around. Yeah. I don't know. Like the, the song just sat really well with me. And like, I, I, 
even if you're in a like I, me personally, even if I'm in a good mood, I could still put on this song and just still feel good about it. And, but not in like a haha, I'm better than you kind of good. Yeah. It just, I don't know. There's something about this song that just is calming and maybe like an eerily peaceful way. I could listen to it on repeat and not notice. Yeah. It would just keep going and I would I would be fine with it. I it gives me this album is over vibes. Um, but I, I definitely liked the introduction of the strings. It was just it's a welcome change. And you mentioning Polly, I feel like that's kind of like sort of walking down the street you kind of have that you know sort of don't don't sort of footstep yeah, yeah. where this song is like you're walking down the street down the street and your feet aren't even on the ground you're just gliding and that's it you're still going but you're not really like there's no chugging there's no nothing you're just gliding on and the uh the sort of humming vocals definitely help with the sort of weightlessness of the song some very haunting imagery right there. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, this could have felt like a good ender to the album, but uh, yep. there is one more song. Uh, yeah. Quote, unquote, song. Um, God, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for this one. <laughs> Endless, nameless. Uh, so I'm going to reiterate that one more time. Quote, unquote, song, because I'm not certain that they wrote this yeah. I think they just kind of went to the... St- it's like a jam. I'm going to... Because I have a bunch of notes for the song, and I'm going to try to get through... I'm not going to say them all at once, but I'm going to try to f- pick out the best ones. This song felt like studio fun time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, the more it goes on, like, this would... Like, I know you mentioned... Uh, I think it was Breed being, a, like, a good opener. Yeah. I think this would be a hilarious show opener. Oh, yeah? They just come out... They're playing this 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 absolute, like symphony of noise <laughs> and uh like it sounds like this is the type of song that was written specifically to smash and break your equipment and instruments yes okay i was just <laughs> going to say that you say that it would be good for an opener i think it would be good as a closer or an encore because i put end of set if not encore smash your instruments at the end of see that's why i think it'd be a great opener because you destroy <laughs> everything and then you pick up your destroy guitar microphone your, no. your speaker has like sparks coming out of like all right this is uh lithium and there goes my headphones <laughs> i just i ripped out my headphones that was just that was perfect timing uh yeah so these are this used to be held in with super glue but they're broken <laughs> but it sits in there but i tugged on the cord and that was the problem that's funny another incentive to watch the youtubers you get some bloopers <laughs> like this uh and actually please i love contribute to the chris's headphone fund please uh, blessed Please. But actually, I love how well that sits with uh, talking about like destroying your equipment. Suddenly, I break my headphones while I'm saying that. That's Perfect. fantastic. Um, yeah, some of my notes, I guess, like might not make too much sense considering I don't consider this a real song. But I will. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this. I actually really like this track. I agree. So th- this whole track might mean literally nothing at all, uh, and that's fine. Because this sits well with things that I've already previously liked in the past. For example, like uh, early Dillinger Escape Plan music, uh, The Locust, uh, early noisy health music. Uh, stuff like that is what came to mind when I heard this. I'm like, I like all that. So this is kind of giving me those vibes. What did you just say? Did you, did you say health music? Health the band yeah. health never heard of them just saying health music i'm like i'm just thinking of something you'd listen to at the gym i, I you probably can't see but that purple thing back here it's interesting 
Help, that came from their album. I think it was, uh, not Death Magic. I can't remember what it was called. Strange Days, maybe? I don't remember. Interesting. Never heard of it. Just the phrase sounded very strange. Yeah, a band called Health. They're hard to look up because when you look up Health on Google, you get a bunch of medical stuff. <laughs> yep. Uh, health is fantastic, though. I love them. Um, going off what you said, yeah. I, th- I listened to it going... Are we listening to Daughters again? <laughs> I was like, what is happening? But I liked it. I liked it. Oh, this was way muckier than Daughters. Daughters had like an insane, like kind of precision. It was still kind of clean in a messy way. This was just mucky. Yep. Uh, this, it, the song, this when it started, I'm going to keep calling it a song regardless. It's just easier that way. Maybe I'll just call it a track. I don't know. But it, the beginning, the intro threw me for the ultimate loop because you come off of something in the way and then you just hear these super detuned crunchy like menacing sounding like instruments like the guitars and bass i'm just like what <laughs> it's to me it sounded like a metal grinder on the guitar strings oh pro- he was probably i imagine like kurt specifically probably like just pressing his guitar super hard into an amplifier or something like that just like or rubbing like, it up and down yeah 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 scraping it on something like this and and like speaking of kurt too like the screaming that he kind of does with the noise uh i'm not even certain if he's singing real lyrics i didn't even look it up but i i as i said this is like studio fun time i don't think he was singing anything of importance but everything suited well and was exciting because it's like wow this is this is pure chaos. Like this is insa- an insane way to end the song. It had a really bizarre quote unquote course. Like yeah. again, you don't know what anything is in this this particular track, but I'm guessing uh, this was either just written to fill time or they just had a mess in the studio to record between sets. I don't know. I don't know. I wish I was a fly on the wall for this one. Well, I mean, when you're paying for studio time, you're paying for studio time, right? So maybe get whatever you can out. Well, again, because I, I I feel like I've I've watched some Kurt Cobain interviews and like watched some documentaries talking about like how as I I mentioned earlier he wanted to make like noisier raw punk sounding albums, but like being part of Warner Brothers I believe it was no not Warner Brothers that was the that's the next album Fred Hot Chili Peppers you yeah. did this one uh, but they were on a bigger label obviously yeah. and so the label wanted them to produce something a little more commercial friendly I think this song was a gigantic middle finger fuck you <laughs> I uh, don't know. Because, I mean, this is the opposite of radio-friendly. This is the polar opposite. This is like, you have your radio-friendly, and this is just like guttural noises coming from outside your house. Yep, yep. And I like it. I, and actually, one of my favorite parts of the song is around the three-minute mark. There's like this weird guitar moaning sound. That's the best way I can describe it. And it really stands out in the mix, and it's just like... And I'm just like... Okay, <laughs> I'm here. It's like you got a bug in your ear. It was really creepy, but I I, I really really enjoyed it. But yeah, my, a lot of my notes are just about how unstructured. Actually, my one note here: I love how unstructured and out of shits to give this song is. I just wrote guided chaos. That's it. Yeah. They kind of knew where, like where they were going, but it kind of felt like it felt like they were detours. They're like, okay, we we have to get to you know this one place but then it's kind of like no map no street signs anything they just kind of they got there somehow this kind of song reminds me like as if a parent telling a, like uh, an uncooperative child to like go clean your room right now and then the child like reluctantly agrees but they're still angry so instead of like 
putting toys back in the toy box or throwing it at the toy box. Yeah. Like, if it goes in, it goes. If not, it's not. And then, like, close to the drawer over here. And, like, yep. that's kind of what this song feels like to me. It's I like, oh, that. it's like the record label coming in. It's like, we need one more track. Come on, Kurt, write something, like, you know, good for the radio. And he's like, fine, we'll write another song. And just. Yeah, but it's not going to be what you want. Get it done. You just said song. That's all you said. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. But as I said before, I broke my headphones. This would be a hilarious show opener. Like, destroy your instruments for like a good 10 minutes. Everything's just like falling apart. Like, okay, this is lithium. And then you just try to play it and everything sounds like garbage. <laughs> I think well, it's hilarious. the punk. It's the punk way, right? There, there's a, uh, again, don't want to go off too far. I'll say this really quick. There's a noise band from Japan where they literally destroy the set while they're playing at all points. At one point, the lead singer drove a bulldozer through the wall of the venue as part of the show. And yeah, they got fined. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, uh, yep. there's a ch- I'll shout out a channel on YouTube uh, it's, it's Pad Chennington uh, that's what it's called and he reviews like kind of stuff like that like lo-fi stuff noise music and everything and that's how I learned about that story and go check it out and if, it's like Japan's oh. most violent band or noisiest band or something like that and like yeah he drove he drove a, a bulldozer through a wall so that's interesting I can just heavily sigh with my head in my hands <laughs> ay 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 well, take a deep breath because we are at the end of the album, and now we are going into the song rankings. Woo! Thirteen I, songs on this album. Lucky thirteen. I am optimistic that we are going to have some matches, and I know that either of us say it all the time, but I, I'm really feeling it in my heart that whether we're going to get our last song or our first song the same. Yeah, I, I had some good feelings coming up with my scores, and like I listened to this album a few times, like a little behind the scenes. Uh, we were supposed to record a day earlier but due to unforeseen circumstances we are recording a day later than usual so it gave me the opportunity to listen to the album one more time like after my notes were done my rankings were done i listened to it one more time while reading things over on my notes and it's like yes. i want to make sure things are solid especially because again uh i've never really listened to this album before i was never huge on nirvana growing up so i wanted to be as absolutely unbiased as possible and Nothing really changed my ranking, so everything kind of remained the same. So I had some good feelings. I was like, yeah, I think we're going to agree on a few. (laughs) Yeah, I I wrote mine, and I'm like, that. it looks good. I uh, stand behind it. I was going to say, I feel like you were likely more familiar with this album going into it than I was. A little bit. I haven't listened to the album in its entirety. And like you, although they are different songs, there were only two songs on here that I've never heard before. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised by them. So Yeah. And actually, I sh- on that note, too, I should mention that, that there was one of two songs that, yeah, I didn't know. And obviously, uh, Endless Nameless was the second one. The first one was Lounge Act, yeah. Endless Nameless. Number two. All right, so now that the screen has transitioned and above our heads is all blank, we can start giving our ratings, and that's for the YouTube viewers there. Yep. (laughs) Again, part four of incentivizing audio listeners to watch the YouTube version. (laughs) Like and subscribe. Anyways, (laughs) number 13, I have Polly. I have Lithium. Okay, hold on. I'm going to write down yours, because again, if if no one out there knows... I have to write down Savannah's picks so that way I can, like, you know, properly put them in above our heads. Yes. My number 12 was Lithium. <laughs> Mine is Come As You Are. If yours was Polly, that, that, that'd be too much. <laughs> come As You Are. Yep. Okay, so my number 11, Lounge Act, the one of, the, one of two that I hadn't heard before. I, I have to say that my bottom, i just going to say it, my bottom four are the singles, and my number 11 is in bloom. 
Okay, I'm just I'm also looking at my list to see where that all falls to. So mine was Lounge Act, yours is in bloom. Cool. My number ten was in bloom. <laughs> mine just smells like teen spirit. Okay, uh, I'll just write teen, whatever. I'll know what the hell that means when I'm editing. And I'm not saying that I don't like any of these. It's just I like the ones at the top of the list more. I'll still listen to these. They're just not as uh, brain brain stimulating as the other ones. Well, I think we had similar notes, too, when we did Pearl Jam. Uh, how, yeah, like, yeah. You know, we, we did the 10 album for people who don't know. Episode one, go check that out. Uh, awesome album obviously um yeah obviously that album had a lot of really noteworthy singles and but mm -hmm. the thing is we're kind of tired of some of them but some of them ranked pretty highly yeah yeah uh, i mean whatever it's a it's five episodes old by now i'll spoil it like my number one was alive and that's like one of their big radio singles so there you go i think mine was why go but you're gonna have to go listen to it your, to your number one know. was porch it was Porch. Okay, yes, my was number Porch. two was Why Go then. Because Porch was my uh, number. <laughs> mine was like the my the last song, like number twelve or ten or whatever it was. Yep. And your number one was like my last pick. <laughs> yep. Okay, so number uh, are we doing number, number nine. nine now? Okay, yes. so Come As You Are is what I chose again. We're like this is this is looking bad already. I don't like this. Well, I mean, we're we're kind of saying the same ones, so at least they're sort of sequestered to the bottom of the list. But yeah. my number nine is Territorial Pissings. I see. Territorial. I didn't even have to write the whole word. Whatever. Again, I'll understand this when I'm editing. <laughs> <laughs> my number eight, Drain You. Lounge Act. Lounge. Yeah, I, I, I've already got bad feelings. This isn't going to work. Because my number seven is Smells Like Teen Spirit. My my number seven's Polly, so. That was all the way at the top of my list. Nice. Yeah, I, I've got a... We didn't agree on anything last week, and I'm, I have... I, that might be coming back now. I my have hope. I have hope. Six is Breed. Number six is Breed. Oh! Yep. Oh, I spoke too soon. Bite my goddamn <laughs> tongue. Ah, okay. That's where I put the tick on the uh, the old whiteboard behind me here. You owned me. I had hope. I had hope. So now it's just like, Chris, 205. Savannah, one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, one's better than none, you know. It is. Fashionably right. late with your scores. Number five, stay away. On a plane. Okay. Uh, when you put your fingers up, I was like, did we do it? We do it? <laughs> on a plane. I am getting excited for number one, though. Don't. <laughs> Damn it. I'm going to kind of spoil that already. Uh, number uh, So my number four is on a plane. Well, we were like one off, like for the vast majority of this list. Yep. Uh, my number this? four is drain you. I have to drain you like I should. <laughs> what? Wrong song? Okay. <laughs> So my number three is Endless Nameless. Stay away. Yeah, so we're not matching up here anymore. Damn it. We had one. We have one. Damn it. Oh, wait, no. I keep writing my answers onto this paper. This is specifically for your answer. Stay away. Number two, something in the way. Endless Nameless. Freak. Uh, okay, so my number one is Territorial Pissings. Something in the way. <laughs> so here's the funny thing with the t my top three here. Like, they were all essentially scored the same very highly. Yeah. And it was, it, I was, I sat there for good, like 15, 20 minutes, like last night, shuffling them around, just like, do I like this one more than the other? This one more than the other, blah, blah, blah. And like, 
this is the order I came in. I think I chose Territorial Pissings just because, like, again, short and sweet track, really fun and exciting. It's, like, super cool punky vibe. There's not a whole lot you have to catch on to, but, like, it's great for how it is. I I got something in the way at number one because it's a song that I do feel I could listen to on repeat and just sort of tune in and out of it. I know it kind of sounds bad that I can tune out of it, but it's not something that I'm going to tire of, you know, the first time I'm just listening to it. And I'm like, I could listen to this again. This is nice. And it's very, it's very soothing. And I like that. So while you were saying that, uh, if anyone's watching the YouTube version, I was just doing a little bit of math on my calculator uh, because I can't do it in my head. But we agreed once on 13 songs at 7.69% of this album. I mean, not passing, uh, but it's more than zero. It's better than last week. On Malibu Ken, we got 0 for 10. That really made our score look bad. Uh, You'll see additional stats on that on Instagram. Every Thursday, I post the, uh, the rating results. Uh, on our yeah on the Instagram page, so you'll see songs we matched on the album matches and our lifetime matches, which is abysmal right now. By the way, <laughs> I think I think we're at like six now of oh I don't even remember like I think it's gonna be six of fifty six at this point. I, I can't remember the exact number, but it'll be accurate when it's on Instagram. I, I would love at a certain point to have Team Chris and Team Savannah and who agrees with my ranking and who agrees with your ranking. And it, it would be nice to see at the, uh, you know, in the comments or on Instagram, you know, your list, the you know, the listener, your list of uh, track listings and sort of what you think, because uh, I think I'm right. Chris knows he's right. And it's like, I just, I'm really curious to see how many other combinations of this track listing other people would come up with, you know? But again, just kind of looking, like comparing mine to yours, like on screen here. uh, They're like off by one, eh? Jesus. This one was like, this listing is interesting. I'll say that much. So yes, I'm still right. uh, But (laughs) the fact that we're off by one means that you're catching up with me. Good job. Yay. (laughs) Pat on the back. Well deserved. Well deserved. <laughs> but now we have to go to the feature presentation. This is where I have to transition screens because it's time to rate the record and then <laughs> Price is Right music or something that I can't put on this because we will get <laughs> struck with copyright infringement. That's okay. I'll go acapella. Um, or like, oh God. I would rather use either, uh, what is it, uh, Video and Arcade Top 10 or Supermarket <sighs> Sweep. Oh my, okay, Supermarket Sweep, I'm in. Oh. Okay, I don't even know if that's going to get us struck. Hopefully not. It was a cover, okay? Don't, I don't. love that show. I love the, I just love watching what they're What a frantic, show. crazy show. But anyways, time to rate the record. Okay, it. transitioning screens now. All right, so we are on the album rating screen. We've done four previous to this. We're now on 5A, so not only are we going to have this one, but the Chili Peppers will be on here next as well. Yes. Don't forget to check that episode out after we rate this album. So you've heard where we've ranked our songs and done all that, and let's bring in the little baby, which apparently is, uh, you know, we all heard about him suing Nirvana, and that's just a big joke. This little baby is float uh, swimming around the screen right now, trying to find its home. Where will he swim to? So again, you've heard all of our song rankings. It's definitely not an FTL, I'll tell you that much. Oh, heck no. I'll just leave it here for now. So yeah, you've heard our song rankings, and so Savannah and I, I'm going to pull up my notes, hopefully it doesn't block the screen. Good, it didn't. So... 
Uh, I rated this as a 66.92%. Savannah rated it as a 69.23%. Yes. So it falls now at 68.075, which means it is officially a C-tier album, which I know is going to make a lot of people angry. <laughs> but you but know what? Wait. It's fun. Open to discussion. But wait, there's more. I have to do this now. Because we like to keep things in order here. And again, I'm not using a tier ranking site. This is all Photoshop. So I have to do this manually as I'm talking. It ranks higher than Malibu Ken, which was 67%, and Dream Theater 62.5. So boom. Nirvana outranks, and it's the highest C tier we have so far. This is like a C plus. I'm sorry, Dream Theater. That still Just falls at C minus. Sorry, but sorry nonetheless. C minus album. And then I think uh, Malibu Ken is just pretty much a C. Yep. I know a lot of people are going to be confused by this, like this new system of how, like how could you rank an album so low? It's like oh, we already made a video explaining as to why uh, this is the way it is. Yes, uh, go check that system. out in case you don't know. If you look at the top right corner right now, there's a card to our uh, how we updated the ranking system. Uh, yes. It is it is much more convenient this way. I know it sucks that we had to push certain albums down that probably deserve higher rankings, but it is what it is. This is our scoring system, and that's where Nirvana's Nevermind is going to fall. That's the end of the Nirvana episode. Yes. Nirvana's Nevermind is a C-tier album in our books, and we, we get that's probably going to anger a lot of people. Let us know about it down in the comments, but again, let's be cool about things. You don't have to be a bully. don't have to be belligerent. Just give us your thoughts and opinions on why you like the album so much, or why do yes. you agree with us, or why does it deserve D or F tier? And click right through, so then you can listen to the uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers episode, because that's coming out. It already is out. It's already out. If you're watching the live premiere of this on YouTube, it's coming out at 12 noon today. Oh, okay. Uh, but literally any other time after that, it's already out. So yeah, it's just that this that notice is literally just like a one hour live premiere <laughs> notice. So 9 a.m. for this one, which is hello, we're already here, and then yep. 12 p.m. just an hour from now or whatever it is, or it's already out. Yes. But yep. while you're in the mood to, uh, for clicking things, don't forget to hit. Uh, click the like and subscribe button and even that little notification bell there's a lot of things you can click people love clicking things so yes. we're giving you the opportunity to do that right here on this channel yes because again we love your support helps build the community helps build the show we want to do so much with this and we want you to be a part of it yes and find us on instagram at rate the record podcast and you can even email us any requests concerns questions at rate the record at gmail.com yes or if you still happen to have a Facebook, which I know a lot of people don't anymore, but Rate the Record podcast on there as well. Twitter, we kind of keep up with, but it's Rate the Record if you still want to follow it anyway. Yep. Uh, oh, and I guess we should say, we have a TikTok too. We uh -huh. now have a TikTok. Uh, we've had it for a little bit now as when this episode comes out. Uh, so far, I'm the only one who's literally made anything on it. Yeah, I'm... Waiting on you. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I have some ideas, but it's just the execution that I'm like, ooh, I want it to look like how I see it in my head. So I got to work out a little bit of uh, the logistics first. And if I can go ahead and just draw out the audience a little bit as I open the TikTok app to make sure that everything is as it should be. Rate the okay, so it is at Rate the Record Podcast. That's it. Yeah, it's new. It's fun. You <laughs> should know this by the next show, though. Uh, I, I've been putting things on our TikTok. They're pretty great. And yes. I even said, like, hi, I'm Chris from Rate the Record. I'm here with my co-host Savannah. And I literally po pointed at Frank Zappa over there. <laughs> so now that's what people think you look like. 
Well, I'm just going to stop shaving the mustache then and we'll be good to go. Yeah, recreate the the Mona Frankie. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, that is the end of this episode. There's a whole other one for you to go watch, so we want to stop wasting your time now. Thank you so much for tuning in. So yeah, go watch 5B. It should be up now. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic, another huge album of the 90s. And then after you're done watching that, uh, then we're going to see you next week for episode 6. Not an anniversary album, but it's going to be there anyways. Yes. So again, thank you for tuning in. We love you. Thank you for the support. And we will see you again. Like, in a few minutes. (laughs) (laughs) See you soon. Bye.